Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. 49 faces looked to him in triumph. Over the last 12 months, they had each taken turns and promoted his business for a week at a time, driving over $987,342 in revenue. What if you had a network of 50 centers of influence who promoted your business every week for a year? Grab your copy of the number one Amazon best-selling book, The Ultimate Guide to Growing Your Business with a Podcast, at 33% off the Amazon price by going to ultimatepodcastbook.com. Again, that website for 33% off the Amazon price is ultimatepodcastbook.com. Hey, audience. Today, I have the pleasure of uh, talking with Ryan Felon from, is it Felon or Phelan? Phelan. Ryan Phelan. Got to get it right. From RPG, RPE Origin. Uh, and it's been it's been great. I've spoken with Ryan previously and realized that he's a true sharkpreneur. And we wanted to have him on the Sharkpreneur Show. This is Carl McKinney co-hosting with uh, Seth Green and Kevin Harrington. Ryan, your your career spans over 20 years and you've worked with some of the big boys at Sears, at Kmart, Infosys. Well, what drew you to the field and what kind of experiences have, you know, how's it molded you in these last 20 years? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. Uh, and Carl, great to be here. Thanks for inviting me and uh, uh, look forward to the conversation. Um, you, you know, I got into the internet business 25 years ago as a, as a, a dumb luck. Uh I graduated college and decided I wanted to uh, work at nightclubs. So I worked at nightclubs for about four years, being a DJ and managing the club and, and realized that that was not uh, something that could make you a lot of money. Uh, and during the dot-com boom, there was an outfit in Omaha, Nebraska, where I was living, and they published an ad and said, do you want to come work for an exciting company? Send us your resume, but don't send us a normal cover letter. Tell us about your life. Tell us about fun things. Tell us about your personality, that kind of thing. So I wrote in and just said, hey, I'm a DJ at a nightclub. We do national acts. I got stories upon stories, and I could bring that same excitement to this business. Within a week, I get an interview with the CEO, and you know he hires me, and I run affiliate marketing and email. And uh, and that was 25 years ago, and I really have fallen in love with email uh, over the years. And and like you said, I've worked for some big companies, uh, mostly Fortune 50, uh, helping them with their email marketing and and helping them not put junk in your inbox. Um, but really, uh, what gets me excited every day is that email 20 years ago is not what email looks like today, and it's always changing. The digital landscape always changes. Uh, and the consumer's uh, uh, impression of what there is in their inbox and what they want changes on a regular basis. So that constant change, that constant motion fluidity in the space really gets me going. And and helping our clients navigate that is is really what's drawn me to where I am today. Tremendous. You mentioned email 20 years ago isn't what email is right? today. Tell me about some – tell my audience about some of those changes. Yeah, so – Back in 1998, I was sending out emails 
with a program on my computer. Uh, I wasn't using MailChimp or Constant Contact. I was using I was using this installed program out of my computer. And you know, back in the day, our job as marketers, as digital marketers, is to teach people how to use the internet. Because back in the day, you had only you know a majority of people got on either at work through their employer's high speed internet, or they had AOL at home and dial up, right? And so as a marketer you are doing most of your email marketing and marketing during the hours of nine to five. And after that, you saw, saw a deep, a deep draw off because people have dinner. They weren't on their computers. They had evening stuff. They didn't have a phone within reach. And so your job was to teach people how to shop online. So the complexity of what you had was, was fairly low. And what has evolved is, People are now on their phones. They're now on laptops. They're on tablets. They're on a desktop computer. They're on their phones from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. And so that constant stream of information and, and demand, in addition to all the data that's available and all the technology that we have to recognize intent and an individual, is vastly different than what we had a long time ago. How do you navigate navigate that today? I mean, I can imagine that you're the you're the tip of the spear for your client. So yep. how do you navigate all those changes? You know what we we do our consummate readers. Uh, we will research and we conduct research on our own. Um, we read all there is to read about consumer sentiment, uh, different technologies. I get briefings all the time from different technologies in the space. Um, we spend probably about 15% of our time doing, uh, R and D and trying new techniques and, and, and getting up to speed on what really is going on in the space. And we do that on a weekly basis. Do you, do you have a market niche? Is it the high, high, uh, high growth software to service companies and online? Is that your, your it's actually, yeah. So our, our vertical focus is retail, travel, hospitality, uh, publishers and financial services, okay. but we work in every vertical there is because over the last 25 years, I've worked in about every vertical you can name and then some. And so our people that work for me have uh, a very broad cross vertical focus, but the majority of clients that come to us are large retail. We're talking the names you see at a mall, uh, the names on the back of your credit cards, uh, the names of of uh, names on the bottom of shoes you're you're wearing, you know, we we have a very broad and 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 uh, uh, very public uh, uh, client list. Okay. Now here's a here's the congratulatory moment. If I was one of the editors, I'd put the crown on your head right now. Woo, your cool. recent rec- rec- <laughs> your recent recognition is 2023 Thought Leader of the Year by the ANAEEC. Yep. A significant achievement. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And, and could you elaborate on what this means to you and the contributions that uh, that led to this honor? Yeah, yeah. That's the award, the blue thing right there. I'm kind of backwards oh. on my screen. So that's my that's the award. Um you know, I have I have over the last twenty five years, one of my focuses has been on giving back to the industry because it's given so much to me. Um and all of the thought leaders that I grew up with in this industry still around and I've been honored to be a part of that group 
being on stage and and talking publicly the award was really uh meaningful to me uh because it kind of signified the the industry's recognition of what I've done over the last 25 years and tried to help marketers of every ilk uh to get better and to grow and and so it was very touching I won it a year ago and it still is one of those things that I'm just very honored and touched that that um I could I would get recognized for it and and uh I I try to remember that feeling every day. Well, let me say congratulations again. Thank now, you. Now email marketing has been the core focus of, of your career and we've touched on the changes, you know, twenty mm -hmm. years ago to today and, and I can only imagine it changes hourly. Yeah. <laughs> or or at least every couple of hours. Yeah. Um what what trends and or do you see coming down the pipe and what advice would you have for people than your your market your niche marketing to yeah. uh, to navigate the future changes that's a great question so it's a conversation i have a lot with my clients um they'll call and and ping me for what's coming up next year i just finished up a predictions piece for for 2024 and and really what we see in the next 12 months is uh, uh really four things uh, the first is is the increase of AI-related technologies and generative AI. So we've seen kind of a, a, a few vendors get their toe in the field in terms of uh, trying different things with content uh, and subject line generation and some of that other stuff. But really what I think is going to happen in the next 12 months is the large players, uh, meaning the, the email service providers, are going to start really adopting data-centric AI generative or generative AI tools that can help you and help our clients really look at what segment should I send this to, right? Our average client has between eight and 12 million email addresses on their files. And so selection segmentation is really important. Um, you'll also see a lot of generative AI around content generation in terms of imagery, in terms of taking that segment and then appealing to them in the text that relates to that segment. Uh, you'll start to see a lot of work, I think, around proactive identification of intent, which means how do I predict that somebody's going to need a dishwasher or a washer and dryer or a widget? Um, and so you're going to see that at the large scale at the enterprise uh, uh, even down to MailChimp has had some innovation around AI, which is really exciting. Um, so you'll see that that SaaS class have that, but then you'll also have a lot of smaller companies, entrepreneurs that find a niche um, solution to a problem, come out with, "Hey, we've got we're using generative AI to solve this." We have met with, as an example, three companies in the last two weeks that have a very niche solve for QA that we do on our emails before we release them to the client. Fantastic. That's great. It solves my problem. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to pay them every month. You're going to start to see a lot more of that. So that's the first thing is a, a generative AI in, in terms of augmenting services. Second thing is you're going to see a lot of deliverability uh, challenges come up. The inbox providers like a Gmail, Yahoo, Outlook um, are going to be trying to weed through the crap uh, the unwanted email and really prioritize the stuff you're going to read uh, and go after engagement. So even though you wouldn't call maybe 
uh, Walmart spam, if you don't open it ever, it may be unwanted email. And so you're going to see, because the, the inbox providers, that's revenue for them. That inbox represents brand stickiness, brand awareness. They have ad units in there. So they want to protect that revenue. So I think you'll see a lot of constriction on what is permitted and what's not. Third is, uh, I think we're going to hopefully get back to a strategy before tactics um, uh, mentality as a marketer. So a lot of people during COVID pivoted to, I just got to get stuff done. And that's a tactic driven mentality. Um, and so what I'm hoping is in 24, we start to get back to that. Let's think about the answering the question, why does the customer give a damn about this message? Uh, and, and then create the message. And the fourth one is, I think the 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 really the authenticity that we found during COVID, the honesty, the transparency, the hey, there's somebody real behind there, uh, will continue. Uh, and I think that's been very good for marketers, for business owners to remember that just because generative AI offers you a way to generate content, it's still not from you. And what really resonates with the customer in SMB all the way up to the super enterprise is that authenticity of brand, right? And and what it means to be a retailer and what that means. Now, how authentic can you be selling a blouse for 20 bucks? I don't know, but you sure can't be authentic in the way that you communicate it and the, and the verbiage you use. So that's, that's kind of what I see in the next 12 months. I think it's an exciting time on the AI front. It's almost... Uh, uh, paralleled back to uh, 1998 and the early 2000s with the innovation that's going on, the things are going to get tried. Um, so it's a, it's a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, you mentioned that's what you see, and that's important because you're obviously a thought leader in this field. So, I mean, you wouldn't have been around this long. You wouldn't have enjoyed the level of success you've, you've enjoyed if you weren't seeing the right things and then doing yeah. the right things. So in your role at, at RPE, you you worked closely with your partner clients to develop their email marketing and other related services. Can you share with us uh, or my audience some success stories? Oh gosh. Yeah. Uh, a ton. Right. So right. Um, let me see. Um, one of the, th I was actually talking about this today with, with somebody else on my team, we did, you know, the hardest thing for enterprise companies to do is to move platforms from one platform to another. And, and these large, if you operate MailChimp or Constant Contact or an email system, right? You know how much you have in there in terms of information or images or history and reporting, right? At an enterprise scale, that could be a massive monumental effort. And so we worked with a very large uh, uh, global retailer on moving them from one platform to the other. And we had a debrief call with them. And now this for any company is one of those stressful things that makes you drink more and pull your hair out, right? And so we have a service that goes in and tries to, and does, doesn't try, we do. Uh, we make it easier to move from one platform to the other. And so we were having a debrief form and uh, the commentary we got back was, we could not have done this without you. We could not have made this a successful thing. We found things, you found things that we didn't know about. Um, and and just, you know, the success from them, I mean, this is a huge, massive retail company. 
And to have that kind of feedback just helps us get better and, and makes us jazzed up for that kind of thing. Um, and so it was great to hear that on a smaller scale, we have clients on the retail side where they just have a welcome email and that's it. And so we come in and say, number one, let's rejigger this welcome email. Cause I know it doesn't represent your brand. Let's get something that better represents your brand. And then let's do an onboarding series that introduces your brand and the story that you have to tell to the client. We've seen double digit increases in putting those into place for certain brands because okay. it just helps the client or the customer get on board and, and identify with what they're trying to accomplish. So that that's what you mean by personalizing the, the email campaigns? You bet. Uh, and being authentic. Often, how often do you find that, that they're missing the boat, that, that they need you to come in? 100% of the time. Really? Um, I have not yet run into a client small or large that has it all buttoned up and I just have a few tweaks. Um, hundred percent of my clients over the last 25 years have had some hole, some miss. They're not thinking about it, right? They're not thinking about the end user, the customer. They haven't changed things. They have some outdated information. There's always something that I can go in and say, I understand why you did it. You thought about, your product and your service and your, your end goal, but you left off the customer. Right. And um, even charities, we have a nonprofit, a few nonprofits that we work with and they have the same problem as everybody else. That's when I talk to groups and stuff. I'm like, don't worry that you have challenges. Don't worry that there's holes to miss or, or that you have gaps. What you want to do is improve upon it the best you can at the at the at the at the rate that you can. Um, everybody's messed up from a company like Hewlett Packard all okay. the way down to some of our SMB clients. Do you, do you find that when you go into a company that you have pushback or challenges from the person or department whose job it was to effectively do it, and you come in and kind of say, "Scratch that." This is how yes. Do. And, and, and I learned that. Oh yeah. I learned that 17 years ago. Uh, I actually learned that. I'll tell you a funny story. I actually learned that when I worked at Sears and Kmart. So I used to run the email program for Sears and Kmart, very large organization at the time. Uh, they're gone now, but uh, yeah. you know, at the time we used uh, Ogilvy as our agency uh, for email okay. and brilliant people at, at Ogilvy. Right. Compared to me, I didn't know crap at the time. I mean, this was a long time ago. And uh, I learned from them how they don't burn the person in charge and what they would come in and do. And I'd learned this and I have practiced this to, to today. I will come into somebody and I'll partner with in advance of everything. I'll partner with that thought leader, that internal stakeholder and say, OK, Tell me your story. What have you tried to accomplish? What have you run up against? What's your walls? What's your rocks? And I will get their narrative and their story about what they're trying to do. And so when I present stuff, I come in and go, this is great. What you have is fantastic. I think there's a few tweaks that we can make, but the person has really laid a good groundwork. groundwork. But let's talk about this, stuff, this other stuff that I really think you can have. And that also echoes what they've been saying. So it's funny when I come in and talk, I can get more traction from what I say than the, what they say, but I try to amplify what they're saying to give them credence and, and, and 
and uh, uh, authority. And then that just benefits everybody. Okay. In, you know, in, in life and in business as well, we, we talk about that next generation of, of that's coming behind us. Um, what would you say to a recent college graduate who's fluttering around, deciding on what to do, like we probably were at one point, and, yeah. and, and one of those decisions is, do I want to work for this email marketing company? What, do you, what would you say to him? Everybody? A lot of people think um, a lot of people think email is boring. It's not as fun or flashy as social media or all this other stuff and in digital marketing. And, and when I see people out of college, I'm like, you really should think about email. It is I've been in it for 25 years. I'll be in it till I retire. And it is fun. It is there is a <laughs> there is a mundaneness to it, right? If you're on the front lines pushing the button, it's a pain in the ass, right? But I tell everybody there is a ground level to whatever you get into. You, there's a ground level of social media. You can still be doing some fun stuff, but it's still ground level. You're still going to be pushing the button. Your goal, hopefully, as a college graduate, is to put in your time, learn your thing, and get promoted and, get, and, and do more things, right? But email is a fantastic way to start because – it teaches you about segmentation, about relevance. It talks, teaches you about timing. It teaches you about marketing, segmentation. All those basics that you need for digital marketing are taught within the email sphere. And so I tell people there's no better way to get into digital marketing than to get into email and, and work on that promotion, that upscale into, into executive. Great, great. Now, Ryan, how do, how do my audience reach you? Sure. I am everywhere. Uh, so uh, LinkedIn, send me a note. Say say that you saw me on Carl's show. Um, I'm on Twitter at Ryan P. Phelan. I'm on Instagram, but that's all my cooking photos. Um, and uh, you can reach me on our website, uh, uh, rpeorigin.com. And uh, reach out. I'd love to talk to anybody. And, and I commonly do. I'll take inbound on just, hey, I need 15 minutes for a question. And I don't charge for that kind of stuff. I, I find it that it's, you know, if I can help somebody out, fantastic, right? It's, it's, it's really about making marketers smarter. Uh, it's not always about monetizing it. And I will absolutely vouch for the fact that he'll take the call and set the meeting because he did it with me previously. This is our second meeting. But before I let you go, Ryan, I want to hear a little about those cooking photos on Instagram. That is one of my hobbies. So I have I have three hobbies: is cooking, wine, and golf. Uh, and so Instagram is a is my place to disconnect from the email world. And so if you look me up on on Instagram, it's Ryan P Phelan twelve or something like that. It's got okay. all of my cooking uh uh photos and platings and all that stuff i'm i'm i pride myself being a pretty good home chef and uh uh so i i post all my food photos there any any specialties i do my my signature dish is uh uh lamb chops okay. uh or um uh i have a bolognese sauce hey, that what? i absolutely what? love I'm going to need your address for the next time you Please do those do. lamb chops. Yes. <laughs> it's great. They're uh, roasted with a mustard crust uh, over uh, hmm. creamy mashed potatoes with a wed- red wine shallot uh, and mushroom reduction. Uh, uh, and it's just a die for. That sounds like unbelievable. So now I'm going to go 
argue with my wife because she can see the them. There you go. If you need the recipe, I can put it together. Oh, absolutely. Hey, uh, audience, this is uh, Ryan Phelan from uh, uh, RPE Origin. I'm a senior moment there. That's all right. RPE I get them all the time. Emailing and uh, really enjoy speaking with you today. Uh, this is Carl McKinney, co-hosting with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green, the Sharpener Podcast. Ryan, thank you very much for spending this half hour with us. And uh, to my audience, we will see you and hear from you the next time. Thank, thank you, you Carl. Honored to be here. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit C-SuiteRadio.com.